everybody. Good morning. This is Paul Cerro from Cedar Grove Capital. And on this morning's episode, uh, read aloud, we're going to be talking about Domino's uh, titled Domino's Down But Not Out and why Domino's underlying business model will set it up for continued success. Um, so to give you kind of background story on Domino's, um, Domino's Pizza has had a stellar run over the past decade, rising over uh, 1,030% during that time. The company has shown its ability to rapidly expand overall store count, expand margins, and not only fend off app-based delivery companies, but go to toe with them. Underlying business fundamentals remain strong for the company, and while headwinds with inflation have put pressure on the company, for now, recent price action has led to an attractive opportunity to start a position in long-term compounder. As part of my post going forward, I'm trying to limit them to a, sh- to a short form deep dive instead of the traditional 4,000 plus word reports I typically write. With that being said, the following will be uh, Cedar Grove Capital's current quick viewpoint on the stock, while the attached presentation that's included in the, uh, the web version of this article will be an expanded explanation of the overall business model and what has and will continue to drive future success. So to continue getting things started, Um, TLDR, the company is experiencing both commodity inflation pressures and increased labor costs, putting a recent damper on the stock price. With the end of COVID lockdowns, consumers hungry for experiences, and tough 2021 comps to beat, many on the street expect Domino's to experience lackluster growth during 2022. Domino's is a strong brand, a great compounder, and with a price decline of already 35% year-to-date and a modest yield of just 1%, $700 million left in their repurchase program, pricing power, and international runway, it's hard to ignore the company at these levels. While we believe that management's recent measures can help offset some near-term costs, price volatility is a very real concern, but a healthier and stronger dominoes seems in the cards for the second half of 2022. So to kind of dive into it, we're going to start off with 2021 full-year results. So to give you quick context before we dive into the actual long thesis, We'll go over uh, key business slash financial results and management commentary from the earnings call. So starting off with the business and financial highlights, we're going to talk about same store sales. So same store sales growth uh, was mixed with the with U.S. stores growing just at three and a half percent. Within that three and a half percent, U.S. company growth declined by three point six percent, and is either company owned stores, while U.S. franchise growth uh, increased by three point nine percent. International same-store sales actually grew by 8% for the year. And if we pivot over to store count, um, they actually ended up growing net new units. So net new being uh, the difference between those that are open and between those that are closed uh, by 1,204 to end the year with 18,848 global stores. 999 of those stores were uh, in international markets, while 205 were U.S.-based. And out of those 205, 193 were franchise stores and 12 were company owned. Uh, So moving over to um, the sales and other metrics. So global retail sales reached $17.8 billion in 2021, up from 11.7%, excluding the impacts of foreign currency and the 53rd we compared uh, to in 2020. Diluted earnings per share for fiscal 2021 was $13.54, an increase of 9.3% over the prior year. Generated $560 million in free cash flow, which was up 36% from 2019 levels on a two-year stack. 
Sherry purchases for the year totaled $1.32 billion, which translated to about 2.9 million shares at an average price of $453. And there is a remaining share price, uh, a share repurchase program balance of $704 million. Dividends totaled $139 million in the form of quarterly 94 cent share payments, including two dividend payments totaling $68 million paid in Q4. Uh, so going over selective management commentary from the full uh, year 2021 results. So while overall results weren't bad, they also weren't great. Uh, management commentary led many to believe that the effects of commodities and labor shortages would increase during the first half and lead to some margin compression. So in reference to um, costs related to food and labor, um, we have Jessica Parrish, the, the controller and treasurer, say, uh, we are cur- we currently project that the store food basket within our U.S. system will be up eight to ten percent as compared to 2021 levels. We had previously told you that we estimated that changes in foreign currency exchange rates could have a four to eight million dollar uh, negative impact on royalty revenues in 2022 as compared to 2021. Based on the current outlook, we now estimate that this could be an eight million to twelve million dollar negative impact. Um, so not looking good there. Uh, when it comes to the actual SGNA, um, CEO Richard Allison, who's on, who's on his way out, uh, mentioned how they expect wage increases to continue going forward into 2022, um, saying, in our corporate stores during 2021, we rolled out increases in team member compensation and benefits, including more than $6 million over and above required minimum wage increases. In 2022, we are currently anticipating committed, committing an incremental $8 million investment in team member wages over and above required 2022 minimum wage increases in our corporate stores. So if you want to kind of apply this trend outwards, uh, looks like people are going to get, people are starting to get paid more just to get them into the door. Um, so attracting bodies, this is really hard. And that kind of goes into the whole broad range labor challenge. Um, so Domino's has also suffered from a labor shortage, not just for its stores, but also for its delivery driver network, which does not use third party apps. So pulling a quote from their um, earnings call. Um, second, we saw tra- staffing challenges intensify across the country as the year progressed, resulting in reduced operating hours and other service-related challenges in many stores across the network. We saw that urban markets were generally more impacted than our rural markets. We believe these staffing challenges posed a more significant headwind on orders and sales during Q4 than they did in Q3, and much more on than in the first half of the year. Uh, end quote. So given numerous pressures from all sides directly leading to the stock's recent decline, we believe this opens up a buying opportunity for a, a co- great company with a long successful track record. So if we actually dive in um, more into Domino's, right? So like what, what's the value in Domino's? So Domino's has shown that since its total company overhaul over a decade ago, that Americans and foreigners love their pizza and that the company has found the right product market fit for what they offer. But contrary to what many think, Domino's does not just offer pizza. No, they offer no. What they offer is more than just a cheesy slice of bread with sauce and toppings. They offer the consumer three main things that have led to its massive growth and expansion. These are one, speed; two, convenience; and three, affordability. So, diving into the first one, speed. Domino's is. Uh, is known just for more than just what they can get out of their pizza at the door, ready to eat. It takes a pizza maker just one to two minutes to prepare the dough and spread the toppings and another seven minutes to cook the pizza. 
if you're picking up your pizza, it can take anywhere from uh, eight to 10 minutes. And if you're waiting on delivery, up to about 30 minutes on average. Some of these pizza makers are so fast that one worker was able to make three large pizzas in an impressive 47.56 seconds. Um, that's pretty wild. And if, you, if you're listening in on this, you can actually click a link inside the post where you can actually see the article about how this guy was able to do that. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. If we move on to the second point, convenience. So what the company has prided itself on and also pioneered was making it so simple for a customer to order a pizza. They were one of the first to implement and invest in the digital ordering through their own native app, which helped the company shift from less efficient phone orders to a more efficient digital process. Because the company made it so easy to request your order for carryout or delivery with just a few simple clicks, many found Domino's a great dinner option from the working family all the way to the college student's dorm room. This translated to 75% of US retail sales being completed through their online digital channel. So obviously over time it built up to that, but 75% as of last year. Um, lastly, is affordability. One of the main things that I love about Domino's is how affordable it is. This is not to be taken exclusively for quality, as I'm sure I will get much pushback on this. Domino's is not just going to against your local you know, pizzeria restaurant. They are going for a lower and middle America and internationally that want quality pizza at a great price. I mean, I'm Italian and I would go to my local pizzeria for a pie, but here in New York City, that costs you know, roughly starts at $20 you can go much higher than that, depending on what toppings I pick. For Domino's, you can get two medium, two topping pizzas for $5.99 each, so it's about like $13 with tax. So like, how do you beat that? Like you can't. Uh, and that's why there's still always be a product market fit for them. But these aren't the only things that the company has going for it. While doing my research, there were a few interesting call-outs that I believe warrant enough attention as to what makes Domino's such a great franchise. Uh, the franchise itself is actually one of them. So it's interesting because as Domino's uh, whole franchise model, 95% of the franchisees actually started off by delivering pizza. So talk about an owner that's worked their way up. So having a skilled operator of these restaurants is definitely a big help, but there's more to love about it. If we actually look at the average uh, unit um, volume of the US stores, it's actually surpassed 1.3 million in 2021, and even international stores are approaching the $1 million mark. So if we actually back into um, store level EBITDA for US stores, back in 2010, it was just a mere $67,000. But now if we go to last year in 2021, they're estimated to be over $177,000 per store, representing a 10-year CAGR of about 9.2%. Additionally, given the average cost to open one in the United States, so actually open a US franchise, uh, we're looking on cash for cash returns of over 40%, and internationally, cash on cash returns are averaging just under three years for, for payback. International growth. While some might argue that domestically, store footprint has a limited runway, internationally, this is far from the case. Having posted 112 consecutive quarters of same store sales growth, the franchise overseas is on fire. Looking at the company's investor presentation, the amount of white space abroad, specifically in emerging markets, is three times from current levels. With about 7,500 stores left in emerging markets, this is from what uh, Domino's actually marks as available to build, um, if each one were to generate close to just a million dollars in AUV, and obviously I'm, I'm kind of playing conservative here with the, the number I'm about to give you, 
that's closer to $7 billion in incremental revenue per year in the long term, and that's without even AUV scaling. Um, but additionally, there is a, is a really a neat loyalty program within Domino's. So Domino's actually has this, what is called piece of the pie loyalty program, where you can actually earn points based on your orders um, with a valid account, which allows customers to continue coming back and using the service. There's plenty of data out there that's, that suggests like how consumers treat loyalty programs with a points factor, and a pizza-oriented one is no different. The company boasts having over 20 million active users on the program, with over 70 million enrolled. So their marketing list is quite extensive should they want to push any new and exciting promotional offers to spur demand. But even with all these value um, aspects of Domino's, which are not just limited to the ones that I spoke about, um, 2022 has, um, <laughs> for everybody probably knows at this point, a lot of headwinds uh, within the restaurant space. Um, but in the face of so many headwinds, what does Domino's currently have in its arsenal to leverage? Well, it actually has a few things. Uh, one of the main things I, I wanted to highlight was that it actually, well, I, what I believe, has pricing power. So one thing that I love about the company, on top of all the other things I love about the company, is that it actually has uh, true pricing power. Um, however, at least in the world of Fintwit, it seems that many skipped Econ 101 in school and do not actually understand what pricing power actually means. So pricing power only exists if the company has the ability to raise prices on its goods or services without having demand destruction. And I believe Domino's has this. And it's on, and a side note, it's actually not included in this uh, article, but um, Chipotle reported earnings after the bell on Tuesday. Uh, they had price increases of 10% on their goods, and they definitely beat out on earnings uh, and revenue and, and popped after hours. Um, so at least it pertains to Domino's, if you think about it, their biggest national offer, which is their mix and match deal, two for $5.99 each, is quite a compelling offer. Should they raise it by, say, a dollar to $6.99 each, do you think that there will be demand destruction enough to offset the price increase? No. You move a total bill of $13 after tax to $15. Not that bad, and you still get the same level of speed and convenience. Uh, additionally, there's a, there's a strong emphasis on carryout. So in the world of convenience and digital ordering, so many companies and applications have conditioned us to order virtually anything we want for delivery. Things as simple as a soda can can be delivered via GoPuff because we're that lazy. But if we, were, if we went back to like moving our feet or getting a car and picked up our order instead, it, if it were cheaper, Domino's believes that going back to pickups could be a winning factor for future growth. In fact, on a per ticket basis, online carryout orders are 25% higher than phone orders. Management even said the carryout business opportunity is two times that business in pizza than delivery. And so we want to be aggressive here. But if there was an incentive on top of the, your pickup order to help motivate slash convince you, like, would you do it? So Donald's has actually done just that. With the driver shortage posing a near-term issue for the company, they've taken a few measures to promote us, the consumer, to come pick up our order instead. First, they've added a $3 tip for each online carryout order to be used on the customer's next order, which ends May 22nd. This means that I can order online for a pickup and get, a th and get $3 in credits to be used on my next order if I simply just go and get it instead of getting it delivered. 
So if you actually want to do the math here, so if you have a national offering, uh, two for $5.99 each, which brings a total amount to $13, Domino's is offering you a $3 credit on your next order if you go and pick it up. If you order again, that $13 is now $10. You saved 23% and Domino's saved on um, having to you know, pay up for a delivery um, driver. So this definitely helps lower income families and individuals that might be feeling inflationary pressures on their wallets. Since a portion of this $3 will be paid out to the driver, it helps offset labor costs while creating repeat business. Secondly, they've further incentivized one of their national offers. The two for $5.99 each deal is now only that price if you order for carryout. Should you choose to select delivery, the price is now $6.99 each. Two things arise from this change. Number one, you can incentivize people to go pick up their order to save a few bucks, i.e. not having to pay for their, the increase in the price, uh, but also getting a $3 tip, not having to pay for the delivery fee, and also not having to tip the delivery driver. And two, this helps offset costs both on the commodity side and the labor shortage side. Lastly, as of late January, the company's signature $7.99 deal is exclusive to online only and is a carryout offer, further incentivizing the need to go and pick up your order. So these combined changes, the $3 tips, the increased prices for delivery, the signature deal being online carryout only, uh, should all help offset some rising uh, input costs, uh, at least in the first half of 2022. But one thing that I definitely love too, um, is this is broadly level speaking market-wise, this is even domino specific wise, is they actually might be a recession beneficiary. So another thought that is in the back of everyone's minds is how well um, will the company do if a recession comes? Well, we all know that when a recession does come, uh, consumers uh, spending rolls back dramatically. But when it comes to food, where do consumers actually shift to? So I was able to find um, a chart um, from actual actual sources from beyond the numbers, where it uses BLS data, and it actually re- measures the CPI relative uh, importance of food um, when it came to uh, pre-recessionary environments, and then during recessionary environments, and then also post-recessionary environments, which is aka the recovery phase. Um, so, according to the BLS data, the relative importance of food goes up during recessionary environments, but then goes back down afterwards. So meaning that like when the recession actually does come, people cut back on a lot of things and they focus more on um, spending on things that actually keep you alive, AKA food, but they'll like roll back, obviously being able to eat out um, not as much as they frequently did, um, both at like full service or limited service restaurants, um, et cetera. So um, what's interesting to know is that the slight drop in limited service um, specifically when it comes to food away from home, so aka like going out to eat, leads me to believe that partially helps validate that while consumers will still go out to eat during a recession, like it's not going to go to zero, uh, they will be more choosy where they go. Um, to kind of reinforce this, this thought, so if we look at Chipotle and McDonald's, for instance, from January 1st of 2007, so this is the year um, before the Great Recession to April 26th of 2010, so after the market bottomed, their stocks actually outperformed the S&P 500 dramatically. Um, granted, in the chart that I did show you, I um, I did leave out Domino's because they had not gone through their total company transformation yet, and I didn't want to kind of reference 
pre-transformation data since that transformation basically overhauled the entire business to what it is today. Um, but also that you know 2007 was a different kind of recession. But regardless, um, money spent in tight situations still flows to certain areas. I believe that the new dominoes will be a great beneficiary of a possible recession should one come, not saying one is coming. But if we move on to now the valuation portion of how you know we're kind of seeing this. Um, so the biggest question that everyone is asking these days is how much is, is, is it worth? How much is, whether it's tech, restaurants, um, you know, staples, discretionary, whatever, like what is the value? So well, if we actually look back in time, the median next 12 months PE multiple over 10 years for Domino's was 29.1 times. Five years ago, the, uh, the median, over the five year time frame, I'm sorry, the median multiple was 30.4 times. And over the most recent three years, the median multiple was 30.6 times. So given how the company is trading for less than that at this current moment, which is a flat 26 times, a potential multiple expansion could be warranted later in the year should conditions improve. However, I believe that 2022 is too much of a risk to price anything appropriately. I'm instead opting to price Domino's based on 2023 EPS estimates of $16.43 with a modest multiple of 28 times. This is just two turns above what it's currently trading at and two turns less than the five-year median considering it is a mature business. Even at these levels, you're still getting close to a $460 per share uh, price with near-term price risk of about $303 based on um, $13.53 of earnings per share, which means that margins would have significantly impacted their ability to um, uh, offset any of these costs, and a 22 and a half times multiple. And for those listening in, the reference to the 22 and a half times is actually the lowest it has been in the last five years. Like that was actually the bottom was 22.5 times. Um, this risk reward at these levels looks like something worth chewing. Uh, if you have any thoughts or comments, feel free to hit the reply button and don't forget to sign up for the newsletter via the link before uh, link below. Um, until next time, guys, this is Paul Cerro from Cedar Grove Capital. Um, I just want to remind you, um, full disclosure, that uh, we're currently uh, do have a stock option or similar derivative position in Domino's at the time of writing this article. Uh, I wrote this article myself and it expresses my own opinions. I'm not receiving compensation for it. I have no business relationship with any company whose stock is mentioned in this article. This article is not to be taken as investment advice and you should do your own diligence prior to taking action. Thank you guys. Talk soon.